from the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. This is Francisco Macias at the Library of Congress. Late September will mark the 12th year that book lovers of all ages have gathered in Washington, D.C. to celebrate the written word at the Library of Congress National Book Festival. The festival, which is free and open to the public, will last two days this year, Saturday, September 22nd, and Sunday, September 23rd, 2012. The festival will take place between 9th and 14th Streets on the National Mall, come rain or shine. Hours will be from 10 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. on Saturday, the 22nd, and from noon to 5.30 p.m. on Sunday, the 23rd. For more details, visit www.loc.gov bookfest. And now, it is my pleasure to introduce the award-winning Mexican-born illustrator and artist, Rafael Lopez, whose work is the featured promotional piece for this year's National Book Festival commemorative poster. Rafael's work is said to conjure imagery of Mexican street life, Mexican surrealism, myths, and dichos, which are a proverbial and idiomatic expressions that stem from a fusion of local color and wisdom. His illustrations for Book Fiesta by Pat Mora won him the 2010 Pura Belpre Illustrator Award, which is granted by the Association for Library Service to Children, a division of the American Library Association. Each year, the award is presented to a Hispanic writer and illustrator whose work best represents, supports, and celebrates the cultural experience of Latinos in an exceptional work of literature for children and youth. In 2011, he created stamps for the United States Postal Service that featured and commemorated Latin music icons Celia Cruz, Carlos Gardel, Carmen Miranda, Tito Puente, and Selena. His artwork, which includes graphic elements, has reached international clients like Amnesty International, Apple, HarperCollins, IBM, Intel, Los Angeles Times, the Grammy Awards, and the World Wildlife Fund, among others. He balances his time between his studios in San Miguel de Allende, a colonial city in the Mexican state of Guanajuato, and loft in downtown San Diego, where he lives alongside his wife and son. Without further ado, Rafael, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Francisco. That was quite an introduction, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. So the first question is, as a Mexican-born artist whose work has been featured in numerous non-Mexican venues, tell me, Rafael, how do you define your art in the global sense and then within the context of a cultural or national identity? I believe that um, living in San, having the opportunity to live in San Miguel de Allende uh, sometime uh, during the year uh, and being such an international colony of, of uh, people from different parts of the world has uh, exposed me to, to, to different influences. Um, when I walk the streets of San Miguel, I, it, it's, it's just uh, there's so much richness uh, culturally and visually for me that I, you just can't avoid. So uh, with my camera through the last 10 years, I have been able to record and in my own brain being able to uh, remember all these memories and passages that I've seen every day. And, you know, eventually they, they do filter into the work that I do every day. You know, it's something that really happens naturally. So although I, this, this town is in, in the middle of central Mexico, 
the influences are very much internationally. There is so much going on here that I believe that it has really filtered down into my work. And, and, and there's, there's a little bit of a purpose to actually make it appealing to, to in a very world, um, to, to have a world audience. I believe that's the case. Uh, as far as being proud of my, my heritage, I, I do. I feel that Mexico has offered me incredible opportunities to, to have this richness and love for color and texture. And, and, and the fact that my, my, my adopted country, the United States, has accepted it and really welcomed that, I, I think is just fantastic, though. So it's sort of like a gift that I bring with me into my audience, which uh, you know, in, lately has become more international. Very good. Thank you. And the next question is, what artists, if any, past or contemporary, have inspired or influenced your work, and how? Oh, you know, originally, I believe the, uh, the muralistas of the 1930s, the 1920s, 30s, and 40s of Mexico, uh, you know, walking, doing all those school uh, visits to all those museums in Mexico, and, and just being uh, amazed by their, the size and the strength and the message of those murals, you know, when you're a seven-year-old, you're very impressed by it, and, and some of these images stay with me for a long time. So I believe that the early muralists like Rivera, Orozco, uh, were my first uh, influences. And then I started discovering other people that were not so well-known, like um, uh, someone like Rufino Tamayo. And I, I loved the way he explored and, and uh, really um, exploited all those Mexican textures and the, the way he introduced them into his paintings, which is sort of like what I do now. I um, If you are familiar with my work... Yes. It's very, very textural. So those would be the very first influences. Uh, after that, there were many, many people from all over the world. Um, some of them would be someone like Ben Sean, this amazing uh, artist from, from New York uh, from the 1930s. I, I love the way he, he crops things, and he does this very incredible, um, I, I would say, uh, just the design of his work is just amazing. And uh, so, yeah, the, the influences come from different parts of the world. Great. Great. And speaking further on inspiration, then, at the moment you set out to illustrate a work of literature, where does your inspiration come from? Is it from the subject or the lyrical elements of the words, or from someplace else? That's a great question, uh, Francisco. And I think that I like to see my approach to solving the, the visual part of the uh, the, the, the book, in, uh, the way a, a filmmaker or a movie maker does it. Um, in a way, you have to find this flow of things, and it's actually very challenging when you have to have 30-some paintings mm -hmm. making any sense at all. You know, I wasn't used to doing that, and before I, I was doing before I was doing any children's book, I was only working on and focusing all my attention on one painting. But but when you have to have this this continuity, uh, in the beginning it was very scary, and then I realized that it didn't have to be. You can have some continuity. You can tell the story. I wanted my paintings, each one of them, to stand on their own. I didn't want it to just feel like it was just part of a section of something. Uh, I wanted if someone just grabbed one piece and pulled it out from the series, uh, it could stand on its own and, and tell you a story. And that's where the challenge lies for me now, you know, because I want every painting to be so unique. <laughs> and I think sometimes I try too hard. But in the beginning, I just need to relax and say, you know, remember that this whole thing has to be, uh, you know, make some sense for a book. That's very interesting. And I guess the next one would be, there are many aspiring artists and illustrators out there. And oftentimes, during times of economic hardship, it may seem too easy to say that art is a thing that is nice to have, but not really a necessity. 
What would you say to them to feed their dream? And what would you say to those who believe they can live without art? Great question, Francisco. <laughs> Boy, you're putting me on the spot on this one, right? <laughs> um, you know, it's, it, I, I think that is very subjective, but I, I, I truly believe that art in any way, whether it's music, um, painting, uh, photography, um, sculpture, music, uh, you know, without a, without a doubt, it's enriching our lives. Um, just look at any city where the art scene is very strong, such as San Francisco or New York or Washington or even San Miguel de Allende. There's such richness and such... Um, you know, any, any, it's just that this, the cultural scene really enriches the, the, the society, the culture. You can see it. I mean, it's, it's imminent. It's right on in, in, in front of you. Um, so it's hard for me to tell you why this happens. I, I just believe that a city that offers uh, his uh, citizens and a, a school and an education that offers that richness to their kids is opening many more doors um, and many more possibilities. Case in point, I don't think every person is built in the same way and their brains are wired the same way. Um, a, a good example personally would be my son. My son is someone that is very artistically oriented, very visually oriented, is someone that undoubtedly is going to be in the, in the visual arts in some way. Um, so when you don't have those opportunities for kids like him, mm-hmm. what's going to happen to them? You know, I mean, he's, uh, his brain doesn't work the way a kid that is good with numbers or words, or math, or anything like that, uh, does so well. I mean, he wouldn't do it in the same way. So, we are depriving that opportunity to people when you are taking away art. Um, and I guess it's a very personal thing for me. Um, it just pretty much overall enriches the life of, of, of the society, of the town, of the city, and the, and the, and the country, and, and the world. And I think does you, that make any sense? Absolutely. <laughs> And I think you brought up a a very good point, which is a good segue for our next question. It's often said that poets and other artists don't become. They simply are. Do you think this is so? If so, at what age did you know you were an artist? If not, what were the most salient choices that paved your way to become one? I was very fortunate to have uh, these amazing parents that were architects both, and they were the kind of parents that whatever I wanted to do, they would be uh, 100% behind me. They supported me on anything I wanted to do. Uh, I always liked to draw, always. I I knew that I had a a very difficult time, just like my son, with mathematics and and things like that. So um, the fact that they encouraged me, I think, uh, was a big difference, and I uh, you know, when some of these kids don't have the same opportunities for whatever reason, I think that the rest of us, our obligation is to go out there into the schools, and this is something that I do a lot, is to participate in school programs and, and give uh, presentations and talk to kids. And anyone, anyone that wants to approach me after that, I, I'm ready to be a tutor and a mentor and, and, and let them know that it's possible. Um, whether you're born with it or not, you know, that's, that's something that's very debatable. I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, I know that I have the ability, I can see my kid with an amazing ability, but I went to school with, with people that really struggle with drawing. You could see that there was no natural knack for, 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 for drawing. However, toward the end of the school, it was the willing to try something different, and I think that's the, the key to the whole thing. And, and some of these, these friends of mine became just amazing artists. So, you know, I mean, there's, there's enough for, for presenting kids on both ends. Mm. Very good. 
And one last question. In contemplating your art, I can't help but marvel at the wide array of colors in your palette. I really love the bold colors in your works, including those that are in your photographs. So pardon me if the next question is one of purely self-indulgent curiosity. <laughs> okay. What is your favorite color, and how is it represented in your work? Purple. I love purple. I don't know why. I just love purple, and whatever goes with purple, then I'm happy with that second color. <laughs> but there's something about purple. There's, there's certain purples here in the textiles of Mexico that just blow me away. And um, I, I have found a store here that sells that, that exact same purple, you know, mm -hmm. this big jar. And uh, so I, I take it back with me to the States, and I, I try not to I, – I, I really close that lid so well so it doesn't dry up because I love that purple. So, yeah, I mean, the, the colors of the city, the colors of the, the, the markets, the flowers, the food, everything is just filtered down into my work. You know, I just, just kind of avoid these this rich colors. It's, it's funny, when I take photos of San Miguel and I send them to my friends on the web, they, they keep looking at it going like, are those real colors? What are you talking I mean, is that, is that really a, a color there, or what do you do? Do you, do you change it? And, and, and it's true. You know, that, those are the colors that I find here in, in, in my native country. Very good. Thank you. We've been hearing from the award-winning Mexican-born artist and illustrator Rafael Lopez, who will appear at the Library of Congress National Book Festival on Sunday, September 23rd, for a presentation from 4.35 to 5.20 p.m. An artist signing and autograph session is scheduled to take place between 1.30 and 2.30 or later at the Special Programs Pavilion. Rafael, thank you very much. Thank you, Francisco. It was a pleasure talking to you. Likewise. This has been a presentation of the Library of Congress. Visit us at loc.gov.